Colossians chapter 1, as we just continue through the Bible, take through Scripture, taking out uh, prayers of the Bible. Maybe it's the prayers of others. Maybe it's something that just someone says that we can turn into a prayer. As much of uh, the Bible is left for us, we can pray God's own words back to Him. And we're in Colossians chapter 1 this morning. And we'll be looking particularly at verses 9 through 12, but I'll be reading to us this morning verses 3 through 12. It's great to be able to look at the content of these inspired prayers and be able to think about the content of our prayers, our prayers individually and our prayers corporately when we gather each Lord's Day to pray. Are the things we pray about the things that the men and women of God prayed about in the Bible? So be thinking about that as we prepare for our time of prayer. And let's listen to how Paul prayed for the church at Colossae. Colossians chapter 1, I'll begin reading in verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and growing, as it also does among you since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. In light. Well, as we look at Paul's prayer in verses 9 through 12 this morning, even as we prepare our own hearts for prayer, the content and trajectory of Paul's prayer is nothing short of divine. This is a man with a heart for God, a heart for the glory of God, and a heart and a desire to see the people of God, to know this God and to reflect Him, His glory in their daily lives. And that's the content of His prayers. Notice the object of the prayer that He prays here in verse 9. So from the day we have heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking, and here's what He asks, that you, church, may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, that you may be filled with the knowledge. Now the idea of filling here is to not just to fill your head with knowledge. He's not saying I'm praying that your head knowledge would increase. To fill here is experientially. I want you to experience, to to carry into effect, to bring into realization the knowledge, the truth, the reality. I want you to experience all the spiritual wisdom and understanding that's in the will of God. He wants this to be not just a a head knowledge, not just as the church gathers together to, to become better acquainted with God, to know God, to fill their heads with information. But he wants it to 
pour into their hearts and into their lives, that they experience this God, that they experience who He is. They experience the fullness of who He is and His work for them. And one of the reasons I'm bringing this text before us in our prayer time is because this is what our, our sermon text this morning is, as we look at John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. As we look at how does one go from darkness to light, we left off last week in John chapter 1, a world in darkness, every human rejects the light, hates the light, because we love sin, every one of us. But to those who received him, that ought to shock us. How in the world does anybody who loves darkness and hates Christ, how does it ever come about that they all of a sudden now hate sin and love Christ? Well, the danger this morning will be we will have a intellectual knowledge of how that happens, and it won't move us. That's what Paul's prayer is here. As we come better acquainted with the person and character and nature and work of God for us, that it would become, it would fill us, it would into our daily lives affect the way that we live. So that, what does the prayer say? That you may be filled with knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10 so that or so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. Two things he says there. I want your life to be filled experientially, not just with Sunday school knowledge of truth, but your life to be affected by it so that, one, you will live worthy to this God. This God who has done nothing short of a miracle in your life that you will live worthy to Him and... Please Him in everything that you do. That's the prayer. Is that how we pray? Is that how we pray for ourselves? Is that, is that the tone of our prayers in the prayer meeting? That we, as we look unto Jesus, would come to a full knowledge experientially of the greatness of Christ, the work of God in us through Jesus Christ, so that out of our love for Him, we would live lives fully pleasing to Him and, 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 and walk worthy of Him in our lives. Well, what would that look like? To walk worthy of the Lord. Paul gives us that. Paul lays out, here's specifically my prayer. And he goes on. Bearing fruit in every good work. That's the work of God in the soul. God transforms a soul from darkness to light. Throughout Scripture, we have the imagery and the metaphor of a tree, where a tree planted in streams of water, and Christ is that living water. We're in that time of year, you've got flower beds, I'm sure, and you're having to go water those things. And what's the expectation? They grow. If you don't water them, what happens? They die. Well, when we're a tree planted in streams of water, and Christ is that stream of living water, what is the expectation. We grow. We grow to be more like Him. And that's Paul's prayer. That we would live worthy to the Lord, please Him in all respects, bearing fruit. What the Lord began in us would be seen, would be evident. He goes on, not only that, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And we've already said knowledge here is not head knowledge. And when I say that, I'm not saying it doesn't begin there. I'm saying it can't end there. 
Hell is full of people, Satan himself, whose head is full of right knowledge of who God is. The difference between a true believer and an unbeliever is not what you know, it's who do you look like? What do you do with that? Are you becoming who that God is by grace? And his prayer is that we would grow in that knowledge experientially. As we grow and look unto Jesus, Paul says we become conformed to his likeness day by day. And he goes on, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in knowledge of God. And then he goes on, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. The Christian life is hard. And you and I are inherently weak. Everyone else, one of the reasons the Lord has reconfigured our schedules and said, the Lord's Day, first day of the week, you gather together around my word, around the preaching of the word, because you are weak. You're incomplete. And the word of God makes you whole. It strengthens you. It completes you. And we need that constant in our life. And you need it in your daily life as well. As we come face to face with God, that we would be strengthened by him for the challenges that we face. One of the things we saw in the book of Revelation, the Christian life in the time between Christ's ascension until his return, the Christian life is full of tribulations. Not one tribulation, many tribulations. All kinds of service, all kinds of trials, all kinds of temptations. Newsflash, it's not news for any of us. All of them are bigger than us. We ourselves can't do anything in the face of those things. And that's why Paul prays that we would be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. And then he goes on. For all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father. And here he just says that God would give you endurance. Again, Revelation made us a promise. The king who's on his throne, risen, ascended, enthroned, sovereign on high, sovereign over the nations until his return. He is coming again. We don't know when, but he is coming. And Paul's prayer is, between now and whenever that is, that we would endure, that we'd be steadfast, that we would bear all the afflictions and trials and we would not drift away from Christ in the process, but that we would endure, we'd be steadfast, we'd cling to him with joy, with joy, a cheerful spirit, how many of us smile when we're going through our sufferings? Nobody does that. How in the world would anybody? By the divine strength, by what he prayed for previously, that you may strengthen them for this, to endure, to be steadfast, with joy, and giving thanks to the Father. Because no matter what's going on around them, around us, our hope is in God. Our hope is in who he is and what he's done for us. This is a magnificent prayer for the people of God. How does it compare to your prayers for you or your prayers for one another? And when we come together each Lord's Day, our prayers for us, it is always acceptable to thank the Lord for the day he's given us. That's kind of generally how we all begin. We thank you for this day. Gratitude is part of the prayer. And we pray for, usually our prayers have a very, just over the years, we take our own formula. They all kind of sound unique to us. We can almost pray them without even thinking. 
Paul here is a thinking prayer. He knows who God is. He knows what God has done. And his prayer now is that God would take that and do a work, finish the work he began. Bear fruit with that work. Give the church grace. Give them strength. Give them patience. Give them endurance. Give them joy. Give them a heart of gratitude, of thankfulness in all things until he returns.